Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. Noni is short for anonymous because aslobcomesclean.com is where I share the real life deslobification process that I go through. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thank you for joining me today. This is podcast number 51. 51. That's just a little bit crazy. Uh, I'm kind of excited about today's podcast. Um, I had been feeling a little dry on topics and then this one came to me and I just, I'm actually excited about it. So here we go. I'm going to talk about habits versus or equals or however you want to look at it. Removing decisions equals non-negotiable tasks. Um, so, okay. So here's the thing. I wanted, I knew habits were the key. I mean, I knew I don't have good housekeeping habits. Well, I've got to just develop some habits, 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 this word that I would throw away, throw around. Um, but here's how I, here, here's kind of what happens in my head when I would hear the word habit. This is what I would think because I think about bad habits. I have plenty of those. I mean, I don't need any more bad habits, but you know, bad habits are things like biting your nails, which thankfully I don't do, or, um, I don't know, ending up in front of the refrigerator without realizing how you got there and looking for whatever sugar type filled things there are in there. Um, that's a habit. It's like stuff that happens without me even realizing it's happening. And so I thought that developing good housekeeping habits, that that was, if I could ever just do that, that's what's going to happen. I won't even know that I cleaned my house. I won't even know how it happened. My house will just be clean. And so that's why I just would envision this one day I'll have the habits and my house will be perfect forever. And there wasn't like this in between. I just didn't, that, that was how I viewed it you know, doing things without realizing I'm doing it. That is a habit. And so I'm going to kind of talk about different ways of looking at what ultimately is what matters, which is daily tasks. Um, and I honestly, you know, it's kind of, a giving it a new title or giving it a different title or whatever, but I want to make sure that I'm clear that I think it's okay to give things different titles at different times in your life or, at different understanding levels that you have. Because, you know, like, for example, when I started my blog, I didn't know what to do. I just knew that every method I had ever tried had failed because <laughs> it was the method. It wasn't me, of course. Um, but every method I've ever tried didn't work. And so I was like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to start doing my dishes. Well, I, I started calling these things on the blog, non-negotiable tasks. Because that's how I had to look at it. You know, I was the queen of thinking through every reason and logical reasons why I couldn't or shouldn't do such and such right now or, you know, whatever. And then I wouldn't even notice it again until it was completely overwhelming. And, you know, that's just how I roll. You know, I'm an overthinker. Um, so I called them non-negotiable tasks. And I just said, I have to do these things, period. 
I can't make excuses. I can't get around it. These things just have to be done. So that's what I called it in the beginning. And I think that that's a a great way, you know, for me to have looked at it. I, I think that was what I needed at that time. And I still go, oh yeah, that's right. That's what I used to call them. And and I like that. That's truth. I mean, it's non-negotiable tasks. Um, and then when I wrote 28 days to hope for your home, my ebook, which is $5 and you can get, um, from the link that I will post in the show notes for this podcast number 51, um, in 28 days to hope for your home, I, uh, go through four basic habits and I call them habits, you know, for learn four basic habits, that will make a huge difference in your home. Because if you've heard any of my podcasts before, you know that is what happened for me. I had always believed that my house needed to get clean from top to bottom, and then I could start maintaining it. It's never going to get clean from top to bottom. That's unrealistic, especially for people like me. But it seemed so logical that that was what I needed to do. So when I didn't know what to do anymore and was completely at rock bottom and just said, fine, I'm just going to start doing the dishes. I saw that it's the habits or the daily tasks or the non-negotiables or whatever you want to call them, that that is what made the bigger impact than any huge marathon cleaning session that I had ever done. Any, you know, huge stop everything, leave me alone for the weekend so I can clean the house, you know, which that's how I lived, which as a mother becomes an impossibility. It's one thing when you're single or even when you're, um, just, you know, you and your husband, but then all of a sudden when it's children in the mix and they don't really, they're not really able to just say, okay, mom, you go ahead and clean this entire weekend while, you know, we just chill out over here, not watching television and not eating candy. Cause you know, anyway, um, but that, you know, that's, that doesn't work anymore. And so, so I started doing these non-negotiable tasks and daily habits, daily habits are the key. That is what makes a real impact in any home. And so that's what 28 days to hope for your home is based on. And I call them habits in there. And that's true. They are habits. Like I said before, though, I've had to um, enhance my understanding of what habits actually are. Because let me tell you, I can develop a really bad habit so quick, excuse me, so quick and not even realize that I am doing this bad habit. Um, And then it's really hard to break that bad habit, but it takes me forever to develop a good habit. It never ends up becoming automatic and, and I, um, can break it like in a day, you know, so that's, that's just kind of looking at things in that perspective. So I'm going to look at it from another perspective today. This is what I'm going to talk about. And that is removing decisions, um, taking away decisions. When I, um, I speak to mom's groups and I love that. And it's funny how, you know, speaking, um, kind of gives me that spontaneity, spontaneity, spontaneous experience, you know, kind of thinking through some things on the spot and talking to people. And, you know, I I just, I enjoy that a lot. Well, one of the things that I talk about when I'm talking about daily habits and developing those, um, is, um, how I don't make good cleaning decisions. Like I don't have cleaning intuition. I've written about this before. It, it's just not in me, you know, normal people, which is what I call people who aren't slobs. Um, normal people, can look at their kitchen floor and go, Oh, I need to sweep. That doesn't happen with me. I mean, it goes till all of a sudden there's, I don't know, grocery bags with all the cold stuff removed on the floor that we're stepping over and we've been stepping over them for two weeks, whatever, you know, it's like, it doesn't even enter my vision or my realm or my notice until it's this big, huge task. And so, um, 
taking out decisions. I don't make good cleaning decisions. I don't decide at the right time. So I've accepted that about myself, accepted that about myself, um, and realized that if I will remove those decisions, that is what makes those daily tasks something that works in my house. Okay. It's just, and, and in so many ways, if you think about it, how many times in life do you have these huge decisions to make? And you just think, oh my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to go, you know, move here or move there or whatever. And then that crazy relief that you feel when one of those decisions is taken away from you and you go, okay, well that's off the table. All right. Well now I know what to do. Okay. Because the decision was taken away. Obviously that is not in everything. And I like having choices. I really, um, feel the need to have lots of choices in my life. So I'm not saying that, but sometimes there is that relief that just happens when you're trying to decide between two things. And then one of the options just kind of goes away and you go, okay, well then now I know where to go. Now I know how to move forward because that's, it's not a decision to make anymore. And when it's a decision, it's out in the future. And it's kind of this, Oh, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just sitting here thinking about it and deciding and trying to, you know, whatever, trying to make this decision instead of actually moving forward. So once the decision is gone or somebody else makes the decision for me, well, then I actually have action and things happen and, and progress happens and all that. Okay. So thinking of a lot of these habits or daily tasks or non-negotiables or however you want to call it at whatever phase you're in of understanding, or if you just need to look at it from a different angle, it helps me to realize, okay, it's a positive for me to remove the decision of whether or not I need to run my dishwasher because I don't make good decisions on that. I underestimate whether or not the number of dirty dishes on my sink and on the kitchen table are enough to fill up a dishwasher. I mean, I cannot tell you, well, I can tell you pretty much every single time. If I look at them and let myself even think about making a decision, my logic says there is no way that that is enough to fill up the dishwasher. There's just no way. (laughs) I mean, come on, that is not enough to fill up that dishwasher. But I've removed that decision from my life. Okay. Because I have enough experience to know I don't really do well with that decision. I'm generally wrong. And I'm always surprised that I'm wrong because what happens is I don't have to, I don't have a decision to make there. I just have to run my dishwasher every single night and empty it every single morning. Not that I don't miss a day here or there because, you know, habits are not just like I'm running the dishwasher. You know, I don't just walk around my house and not even realize that I'm loading up the dishwasher. No, unfortunately that doesn't happen. But, um, I've removed the decision. I said, this is what I have to do. Period. It's just what I have to do. That's what keep our, keeps our kitchen under control. So when I take that decision away, then I don't have to hem and haw about whether or not I should run the dishwasher. That decision's gone. So I load it up and pretty much every single time I'm wrong. I'm wrong about whether or not those were enough dishes to fill up the dishwasher. We have a family of five. We don't use paper products. We pretty much fill the dishwasher every single night. Sometimes even on nights where I don't cook at home, we still pretty much have enough dishes to do that. Okay. So, and we don't homeschool or anything like that. So, you know, it's just me here during the day, but with breakfast and then my lunch and then cooking dishes, which I will say 
in case you haven't heard the dishwashing tips podcast. Um, one of the beautiful things to me about running the dishwasher every night is anything that's dishwasher safe pretty much fits in there. So I rarely wash, hand wash anything, anything at all. I mean, I almost never hand wash because there's room for it in there because I'm doing it every night instead of waiting until it looks like enough to register in my brain that I should make the decision to run the dishwasher. At that point, there's not room in there for the big stuff. All that I have room for is the plates and the cups and the silverware and that's it. Um, so I remove that decision and removing that decision and not sitting there and making a decision every single night about whether or not I should run the dishwasher has been, um, highly beneficial to me. It removes a lot of stress and it also keeps my kitchen under control. Win, 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 win. Okay. Um, Okay. Other decisions that I have removed uh, from my life that have been very beneficial. Um, You know, is it worth it to spend five minutes picking up in here? I mean, that's the kind of question I enjoy pondering. I'm telling you, I would love to write an essay, not really, um, on why it is that most likely five minutes in this room would not make that big of a difference. I mean, it is more fun to me to count the number of objects in the room, divide them into five minutes and estimate how many seconds it would take me to pick each one up and take it where it goes. I'm telling you, I seriously have issues, but that is more fun to me than actually just, Oh, I don't know picking up for five minutes, even though the analyzing will take me more than five minutes, but that that's a decision. I I would view that as a decision. And here's the thing. I would venture to say that a lot of normal people, please don't be offended when I say that, but a lot of normal people don't view these as decisions because they're really not. It's just like, well, that needs to be done. So I do it. Not that they do it without ever thinking about it, but they don't think about not doing it. I mean, it's just, anyway, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend to know what goes on inside of the head of a normal person because I will never be one. But, um, you know, it's taking that decision out. It's just saying, you know what, every single day I need to do a five minute pickup. Do I always do it? No, but I need to do one period. There's no decision to make whether my house is, you know, pretty good. Oh my goodness. This could be so much worse. That's, you know, kind of one of those things I live by. It could be so much worse if people only knew. Um, but instead of just, oh, it could be so much worse, so I'm not going to, or, oh, you know, five minutes isn't enough to really make that big of a dent. I can come up with a reason, no matter what the state of the house is, to analyze whether or not I should use five minutes picking up. But instead, I just say, you know what, this is a non-negotiable task. This is a habit, not that it comes naturally. This is a daily task that I have. This is a decision that I've removed. If I want my house under control, I need to do a five-minute pickup every single day, Okay. That's just the way it is. All right. Nothing to bemoan about. Um, other decisions that I've made, and these are things, some of the stuff here, you know, comes from experience. It comes from, wow, I used to answer this question differently and that didn't end well. Like examples would be, should I keep this Sunday school handout? Um, you know, we go to church, our kids, not quite as much anymore. They are getting older, but especially when they're in preschool, they give them papers every single week and not just the papers that they scribbled on, but also 
like just papers with the story on it. And that is all so great. And I have a lot of respect for the people who create those papers. And I think they're great. And I also think that there are people in the world who can handle those papers and who should totally take them home. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people. Um, those papers just end up in the bottom of our car and then they, um, you know, a teacher wants to like come out to the car and talk to me real quick. And, um, then they see them or let's say that somebody makes the horrible mistake here in Texas of opening, um, doors on two different sides of the car at the same time on a windy day. And those papers like fly out and go everywhere and it's horribly embarrassing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we don't do well with that kind of stuff. So I've had to pre-make that decision and just say, you know what? We don't take those papers. My kids now know most of their teachers. Now we have to kind of, um, inform the new ones as they get them. Um, and it's a little bit embarrassing because my kids, are like, <clears throat> my kids say, no, 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 my mom won't let me take these papers. No, she, my mom says, my mom hates these kind of papers. She won't let me take them, you know, but that's, that's a pre-made decision. It's something that we say, you know what, we can't handle this. We know that because we used to try and it didn't end well and it just made a huge mess. And so we don't take those because believe me, we still have a mess in the car. Even without those, it would just be that much worse with the Sunday school papers. Um, uh, same thing with spelling tests or, you know, math papers or homework or random stuff that comes home from school. I throw all that stuff away. I look at them. I really do. I'm a fantastic mother. I look at them. I analyze them. I say, you know what? Why did you miss this one right here? Let's look at this. And okay, you know, next time, remember, always read back over your paper, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that moms are supposed to say, I do all that. And then I say, go throw them away. Because I don't need spelling tests. I'm sorry. I, I don't need them. I have some. I have one drawer that I'm actually thinking of right now from my oldest second grade year, I think. And that was the last time that I kept any papers. Um, I just can't. And so that's a decision that I've made ahead of time. And it has caused so much freedom, I guess you could say, because there's plenty of other things in the past that I haven't made that decision about and that I've had to either haul around boxes of random papers that I didn't even know what they were and we didn't need when we made moves or that I've had to go through later at a different time and stress over and you know I'll, that just I don't have to go through any of that because those papers are already gone. They're gone from the minute I saw them signed to the Tuesday folder and then it's gone, okay? Um other things I don't keep, and I say this, but then of course there are times where I just automatically put it back in my purse. But anyway, um, gift cards with no balances. If I use up a gift card and, um, the person at the window used to, you know, or they, they will say, did you want to keep this? I used to say yes. Why? I have no idea why, except that in my brain, I automatically go to, well, I'm sure I could do something with that one day. Don't you think my daughter would want to play like it's a debit card, right? Or, or, or I could scrape soap scum off the shower or, or I could, I mean, there's all these things I can think of that you could do with that. Well, in the moment where they're asking, do you want to keep this gift card? I'm not thinking through all the things I could do with it. I'm just having great faith in my, my own personal resourcefulness. And I'm saying, well, of course I want to keep that. Well, I've stopped that and I've made the pre-made decision that I don't keep those. And it always takes me a second. But when they say, did you want to keep this? I say, no, can you throw it away for me? That's it. 
you know, and besides, if there's a way to recycle those things, they're a whole more, a whole lot more likely there to do that. Like they may even just put another balance on it for another person. I have no idea. Anyway. Um, but it's much easier for me to not have to think about, do I want to keep that or do I not? And then I just shove it in my purse cause I'm not sure right now. And then it becomes this mass of things to deal with later, which just overwhelms me and makes me put it off. And then that is what contributes to the craziness. Okay. Um, other things I no longer keep the tissue paper from gift bags. Um, I keep the gift pack gift bags. Yes. I totally reuse those because only crazy people wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, I'm the queen of that. And I, yeah, I love keeping gift mag- gift bags, but I do not reuse tissue paper. If you reuse it, that's awesome. If you have a place where you always put it and you always remember where it is great. But for me, I kept finding that at first I, I can remember my best friend's baby shower Um, she had kids before I did. I remember being at her baby shower. She was flying back to California and I was helping her get packed and we were folding up all the bags and we were going to leave them at her mom's house and we were folding up all the tissue paper. And I was just like her mom and I were dividing up the tissue paper and we were going to take it because it really didn't make sense for my friend to, you know, ship it back to California or anything or in her suitcase. And so Um, you know, I can just remember doing that, but then it just hit me. I was like, okay, you know, I kept all that tissue paper. And then I found that when I would go to wrap a gift, the bag would look okay. Most of them. And so I would find a nice looking bag, but then the tissue paper looked used, you know, it was crackly and it didn't look fresh and it didn't look nice. And the other thing that would happen is I would sneeze because I have terrible dust allergies. So I would start sneezing from wrapping gifts because it just naturally, I guess, collects dust when you have that used paper and it's not that little wrapping that it comes in or whatever. So I just finally decided I'm not going to keep this stuff anymore. And believe me, it's a strange feeling for someone like me, someone so frugal and so resourceful, but it's also very freeing. I just get the white, um, I just get a pack of white tissue paper, which white goes with anything. Um, and then I use that. I just keep that on hand and I use that. Now I also have occasionally not had that when I needed it, but there are some real over stuffers out there, at least in my world. And so I have been known to say, Hey, can I borrow two of those 40 pieces of tissue paper in your gift to stick in my kid's gift anyway? Um, and they always say yes, because I have really good friends who know how I roll. So Anyway, um, but I, that's one of those pre-made decisions and that's just less clutter that I have to deal with in my house that I then, because a lot of times it's when I keep it, I'm just putting off the decision. I'm procrastinating on that decision because decisions stress me out because what if I make the wrong one? Well, instead I just go ahead and make that decision based on my prior negative experience. I'm go ahead and make that decision. So I don't have to worry about it again later. Am I perfect? Oh my word. No, I still have a lot of things that I need to make more pre-made decisions about. Um, but as I go and I start to see how well one pre-made decision makes like running the dishwasher every night or whatever, I look for, okay, what are other things in my home that I'm putting too much thought into that's really ending up getting me nowhere? You know, where can I remove other decisions so that it makes life easier. 
Um, so looking for ways to remove decisions. Some people, I've heard people refer to this as automating life. Um, that's another angle to look at it from, which I think has value. Um, you know, one of the things I've started doing, which I'm not great at yet, um, because I haven't quite figured out the system, but you know, I'm looking at, um, I think I have one thing on subscribe and save on Amazon, which means that they ship me, you know, I think it's paper towels every six months or something like that. Um, I have it in my calendar to order trash bags on a certain day, you know, and I'm, one of the things I use in my iPhone is repeat reminders. Like if you set up something in your calendar for a Thursday, um, you can have it repeat that same reminder every Thursday. So I have get your band practice log signed, come up every Thursday at seven o'clock, you know, so that I'm never going to stop and think about those things, but that's automated and that's already going. Um, does it ever get easier? I get asked this question a lot. Does it ever get easier as somebody who this, you know, has this law brain like I do? I mean, yes, it gets easier. It really does because you start to figure out what works in your particular unique home, what decisions you don't need to be agonizing over again and again. Um, does it ever get easy? No, I'm sorry. It really doesn't, but easier is better than harder even if it's not easy. And I have no idea if that sentence made sense, but let's all pretend like it was super profound. Okay. All right. That is where I'm going to end today. Um, I want to make sure, oh, that I have kind of shared some podcast listening tips over the last few podcasts. Um, And don't forget that to see the show notes, if you are listening in iTunes, which I think 80% of people do, um, if you're listening in iTunes, you and you're subscribed to this podcast, which means that it shows you every time there's a new episode and automatically downloads it for you. Um, If you're subscribed, go to the little I with a circle around it next to the name of this podcast, and it will show you and there might be something similar to this on Android devices, it will show you the show notes for this. And so the links that I refer to in this podcast that you can get on um, podcast number 51, uh, you can click on those links from there in iTunes, and it will take you into your browser and to the site to the actual post about it. Um, I... uh, for the show notes for this, otherwise go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and look for podcast number 51. If it's not listed yet, go down to the bottom to see all my podcasts here and you will be able to click there and see all of the ones that are there. Cause if you're listening, the notes exist. They just may not be directly linked from there yet. I think I'm on 46 at the time of this recording of 51. Sorry. Um, another thing too, is here's another podcast listening tip. Um, if you want to listen in your car, which I honestly think mine are great for while you're decluttering at home, but if you want to listen in your car and let's say you don't have the most modern car on the market, let's say perhaps you're like me and your newest car is a 2001, um, and your other car is a 1997, Uh, I'm just excited to have one car from this millennium for real. Uh, But in case your car does not have any kind of MP3 or phone or whatever hookup, in case your car doesn't have Bluetooth, um, 
One of the things that you can do, and we didn't know this for a long time because I used to actually hold the phone next to my ear while I was driving so I could hear it, hear my podcasts. Um, but do you remember those tape things that we used to have? Remember when people first got CDs and we had like CD Walkman things and we had um, this thing that you plugged the tape into your tape deck in your car and then it had this like cord, like a headphone cord that plugged into your CD player. You can use one of those on your iPhone. So plug it into where the he- headphones go. We had one from back in the nineties, early, early nineties, um, that I found and I went, I wonder if this would work. And it totally did. Well, they actually still make them. My husband got another one for our other tape deck only car at, um, at Walgreens. So it really is, um, it, it makes it, cause then your podcast plays through your vehicles sound system, which on the road is fantastic. So anyway, um, and did you know too, here's another little tip. If you have an iPhone and I'm sure it's the same with whatever system they have for Androids, but I can ask Siri to play a certain podcast. So you could say, play a slob comes clean podcast. And she'll say, playing podcast now, playing podcast, a slop comes clean podcast now, like that. And um, anyway, it's really cool. So then I never, ever have to look at my phone, which is, you know, fantastic. So because you don't text and drive, don't look at your phone and drive. It's very, very horribly dangerous. Don't do that. Um, Anyway, so thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.